Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. I thank God, I thank God, and I thank God again for each and every one of you that have got up this morning to join in with us for Let's Talk with Smile3E. I'm going to open us up in prayer and then get into the word that God has given us on this morning. Father God, we glorify you and we magnify you. We repent for sins of commission and omission, any deeds said or done or omitted that were not pleasing in your sight. God, we adore you. We thank you for Jesus. For we know because of Jesus, we have been reconciled and restored back unto you. We thank you for your church. I know the world has its version and versions of what they think church is. But God, you used the Apostle Paul to give us an example of the church that you sent to the Gentiles. You had already showed us what it was to take your word to the Jews. Thank you for bringing your world to the Gentiles. Because of Jesus, we all have an opportunity to be reconciled with you, Father God. So thank you. We don't take it for granted. And if we do, we ask you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Well, this is Cecilia. I'm going to start off with a few scriptures. And if I had to give a name for today's sermon or message or discussion, I will share it with you later on so that you'll understand it's so important to know the difference between God's church and humankind's church. A matter of fact, God's church has a big C at the beginning of the church. And humankind's church is a gathering place with a little seat because there's no power. There may be um, copycat imitator stuff, but there's no true omnipresence and power from God. Let's first start off with Isaiah 56 and 7. In a SB version. Even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. And my house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Jeremiah 7 and 11 says, Has this house which is called by my name, become a den of robbers. In your sight, behold, I myself 
have seen it, declares the Lord. Mark 11 and 17 says, And he began to teach and say to them, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. Mama, mama. Now let's read another scripture. Second Timothy's four and three amplified version. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. And see, since that's talking about satisfying their own desires, I want to share a definition or a few definitions with you. Um, just, you know, bear with me. All I want to say is it'll all come together in the end because this message is about God's church versus humankind's church. See, there's a word called proclivity. It's an inclination or predisposition towards something. It especially is a strong inherent inclination towards something objectively. A proclivity is a natural tendency to like something, such as your sister's proclivity for a restaurant that serves hot, spicy food. When you have a proclivity, it feels automatic. You like what you like, and you don't even have to think about it. The origin of the word proclivity supports this feeling. Mm, It's all about feeling. And then propensity implies a deeply ingrained and usual Irresistible inclination or proclivity suggests a strong natural proneness, usually to something objectable or evil. My, 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 my. Hmm, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like the itchy ear. We want to hear what we want to hear Because it makes us feel good Isn't that what that scripture said? Let's go back to that scripture one more time 2 Timothy 4 and 3 For the time will come When people will not tolerate sound doctrine And accurate instruction That challenges them with God's truth but wanting to have their ears tickled 
with something pleasing. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. Proclivity, propensity. Mm. If you listen to some of the music in some of these places that are called the church, the little C, they have changed the music. It's not about Jesus. It's not about sacred uh, presence of God. It's not about the things of God. It's not about the blood of Jesus, the stripes of Jesus. It's not about salvation. It's about who is to be honored and respected based off of what they do or what they have. Not honoring and respecting our one and only true and living God that gave his life. His name is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God loved us so much, he sent his only begotten son. And our music should be music that worships him, praises him, announces him, brags on him. I want you to listen to these lyrics and tell me, is anything about them sacred? And who does it honor or respect? The lyrics is called, My Idols Lied to Me, by Ariana Lee. My idols lied to on my own TV screen. I packed my bag and followed their path. I lost it all, and I got nothing back. It turned out hardly it was hurting. The fame, it's so ugly. No Photoshop on their souls. I wanted the truth, but now I'm burning through. I'm facing all this too. Saying I'm, I'm sorry, but no, you aren't enough. You aren't sorry. Saying you, oh, no, you aren't sorry. But if sorry is all that you've got, then I'm going to spell this word, F-U-C-K-U, lie. Overthinking is a bullet in the head. I often wonder if the industry is dead. You chased me for clout. For me, there's no way out. Find my way out can find it within my mind. I got no question in my own mind. I find my way out until the finish line. Chosen one I've seen on every side. I know well I have a purpose. I know, I'm going to spell this word out, D-A-M-N, well, I deserve it. I've been through H-E-L-L, 
and God knows it. I've got some scars, least I owned it. Oh, just stop saying you're sorry. Oh, stop saying, oh, you're sorry. Saying you are, you are sorry. But if sorry is all that you've got, then I'll spell it out again. F-U-C-K-U. Those are the lyrics to a popular song that if you're not paying attention to the lyrics, it sounds like it's about God. It sounds like it's about God saving someone, but it's really about them. It's really about the person saying that they don't want to hear the person saying they're sorry. Remember what the very title of the song was? Do you remember? Well, I'm going to give you the title of the song one more time. It is My Idols Lied to Me. And it's by Ariana Lee. has a nice beat. I mean, it's it's one of those beats that if you're not paying attention, you can get drawn in. It could take me back to a house music day. You know, it could just get me to bouncing and bebopping to it. But because I listened to the words, God let me know where is the sacredity. Where is it sacred? Who is that song about? It says the person's been through Hades and back, and God knows it. So it talks about God, but it also talks about their idol. So the music in the little C that people call church isn't sacred. But see, when you're a part of the big C, God's church, the music will be music that praises and worships him. You won't have the potency, as I defined earlier, to have that itchy ear that wants to hear about prosperity and houses and land and cars and clothes and notoriety and fame, about dating and sex and wardrobes. But it's not about repentance. It's not about repentance through Jesus Christ. It's not about freedom from sins and practicing it through Jesus Christ. Not that we'll be perfect, for none is perfect but God. But, you know, if you go to a church and you watch the men or women working the altar, why is it the people walking the altar clothes look just like the ones who they're praying for or call themselves laying hands on? Their clothes are so tight, whether they're men or women. You know, the women with the minis on, the uh, women with the cleavage out. I saw this one thing where this lady in her self-righteousness was correcting this man, this young man, about his pants being, you know, pants to the ground, pants to the ground, you know. And I loved what he did and what she did. He was looking at her having the audacity to minister to him, but yet he accepted her correction. But let me show you how he accepted it. 
he took the zipper in her shirt and zipped it up because she was exposing too much of her cleavage. But yet, he still pulled his pants up. See, that's honor and respect. He was saying to her, you're being self-righteous, but the God in me, or what I was taught by my mom and my dad and my grandparents, I'm going to pull my pants up, like he said. But stop exposing all your cleavage while you're trying to tell me to be modest. Mm. So people that are working the altar, people that are preaching what they're calling the word of God, why is your attire what everybody sees? They don't see the God in you because your clothes are too tight or too short or too much cleavage or too many biceps and triceps or your six-pack is what you want everybody to see. God doesn't need our help. And if he did need our help, it wouldn't be for everything that we're doing to point to us, but to point to him. There's a proclivity addiction in the little C, humankind's gathering place they call church. That's all about me, myself, and I. But I'm preaching the word. But most of the time, people can't even remember what you preached. But they can remember what you had on. They can remember that you had a nice body. They can remember that you had a nice car. You had this or that. Well, let's share some scriptures. Ezekiel 18, verses 23, 30, and 31. Do you think that I like to see wicked people die, says the Sovereign Lord? Of course not. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. Repent and turn from your sins. Them destroy you. And even verse 31 says, put all your rebellion behind you. My, my, my. That's a whole other message by itself. To put all your rebellion behind you. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Jeremiah 4 and 4 says, Surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord. Joel 2 and 13 says, Return to the Lord your God. For he is merciful and compassionate and slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and punish. Proverbs 28 and 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Psalms 34 and 14 says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Ezekiel 14 and 6 says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Repent and turn away from your idols and stop all your detestable sins. He is talking about idols just like that song 
Well, the woman says she'd been through all of the Hades, and yet God knows. But she never said God knows, and I repented from it. She said she didn't want to hear them saying that they were sorry. She didn't even say that she was sorry in the song. That's a whole nother message, too. Ezekiel 18 and 21. But if wicked people turn away from all their sins and begin to obey my decrees and do what is just and right, they will surely live and not die. Malachi 3 and 7. You have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Isaiah 1 and 16. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he can be found while you can find him, excuse me, and call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Mm, I love that. Generously. Acts 14 and 15. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God, Acts 26 and 20, and that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do, Matthew 3 and 8. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins And turn to God. Matthew 4 and 17. Repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. 1 John 1 and 9. But if we confess our sins to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all wickedness. James 4 and 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Hmm. I'm going to read that latter part again. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Remember, you can't have two masters, one or the other. Romans Second chapter, verses 4, 5, and 6. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. Second Corinthians 7 and 10. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret 
for the kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Luke 5, 31 and 32. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Luke 15 and 7. There is more joy in heaven over one lost soul who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous, my, 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 and haven't strayed away. Galatians 5, 7, I mean 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, Hostility, quarreling, jealous, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, verse 24 in that same book, Galatians, the fifth chapter says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Talking about proclivity, those propensities and propensities. Revelations 2 and 5. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the work you did at first. We have a true and real altar call that God is making on today. He's asking even the preachers and the teachers and the altar workers to start having true altar calls again. And to begin it in me, begin it in us first, me first, God. Let's have these devils cast out of ourselves, these demons that want us to be so great in our titles and, and our priestly garments are, are just as filthy wags, whether they're eternal or spiritual. Some of us, these filthy rags. Oh my God. We think nobody sees them. But God sees them. And his people see them. Some of the people in the pulpit are struggling with many addictions themselves. Addictions to porn, sexual addictions, homosexual, bisexual, trisexual, transsexual addictions, drugs and alcohol addictions, lying and gossiping addictions. Cheating, adultery, and infidelity addiction, lying and stealing addiction, rebellion and witchcraft addiction, food and foolery addiction, racism, sexism, atheism, institutionalism, poverty, ignorance addiction, categorizing people addiction, 
respective person addiction, wanting to be liked and popular more than wanting to obey God addiction, compromising and competition addiction, jealousy and covetousness and envy addiction, lack of trusting God and always doubting God addiction, and all types of isms and schisms and fears and insecurity addiction, lack of seeking God for his wisdom addiction, lack of accepting your own faults and responsibilities and accountabilities addiction, vanity and pride and lust of the eye and lust of the flesh addiction, drawn to demonic enticement addiction, money and greed addiction, running from your God-given call and creating self-sabotage in your own life addiction, excuses addiction, self-righteousness addiction, me, myself, and I addiction, okay, Jonah, okay, Judas, okay, Jezebel, okay, concubine addiction, doubt addiction, unforgiveness addiction, self this, self that addiction, 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 addiction. But Paul gave all of us, the Apostle Paul, a way that we can share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with ourselves first. Remember, he was Saul, and he had the road of Damascus experience. Many need to have a road of Damascus experience so that they, too, can come to know Jesus for real, for real. Some people are so busy traveling from town to town. Some people are so busy doing what they call preaching and teaching. Some people are so busy wanting to be liked and to uh, be seen, whether it's on social media or television or heard on the radio or the various uh, streaming live venues. Some people are so busy appointing themselves to this or that. Some people are so busy saying they're doing missionary work and church planting, but they have yet to truly repent. No relationship with God, but they're busy. They move from town to town, from church to church, playing the music, Hmm. Prophesying and prophesying. Taking credit for what happened in the service. But Paul showed us how he even corrected the people. But he encouraged the ones for their effort, excuse me, of praise for God, growth for God. Paul showed us in the book of Colossians, third chapter, 16:4. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. 
It's me first. Me first. I'm teaching. I'm admonishing. I'm asking God for his wisdom. I'm singing his praises. I have great gratitude in my heart for all that he's using me for. But guess what? The things that he's using me for, he begins it in me. God wants us to be transparent and encourage one another. He wants us to practice our vulnerability before one another. He wants us to focus on being those that are thankful and show God gratitude and worship God in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh us to worship him, for they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He wants us to laugh. He wants us to grow closer to Jesus. He wants us to enjoy the life that he's given us. But he wants us to understand it's more than what we're communicating with our mouth. People are watching us. They're paying attention to what you write on the website, in the social media, the stories that you tell or withhold from your family because you don't want that fact to be known. Too many secrets in the church. Too many secrets in the marriages. Too many secrets in the family. God is saying, let's come clean. Let's confess it all. Let's not ignore it. My own personal testimony. Somebody was touched by my uncles before they touched me. But they didn't tell me about it. Somebody was violated by family relatives before they violated other family relatives. But nobody wanted to tell about it. It was a secret. Somebody misused kids and and talked about them and talked about their family members. But it was acceptable. But you know what? I want you to know that some of them that were doing that, they're still being honored and respected because that's what the people were taught. It says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're older, they won't depart from it. Guess what? Some of us are showing honor and respect to the very people that treated us wrong as children, but our parents taught us to respect our elders. Not always because they deserve it, but it's because of their generational position in your life. On your job, there's hierarchy. So then people respect people because of the position they're in. They honor them because of the position they're in. Same thing in families. We honor people because of the position they're in. But somebody needs to go back and be God-led and counsel these people and shepherd them. Because not everybody's going to say they're sorry. Remember the lady said in the song, she don't care about you being sorry. But they did they ever repent? Hmm. Let's not be so busy being disconnected with our own agendas and excuses that we don't feed and protect the sheep. There's predators out here. There's demonic predators out here 
that are looking to get into these churches where instead of introducing God, people are putting on a production, a show, an ex- exhibit, a seminar uh, a, a type of gathering. They're, they're showing via social media, via uh, this self-made productions, their own personal type of Hollywood. They're addicted to Hollywood. But God is saying, let's get addicted to God. Let's get addicted to repentance. Let's get addicted to showing people the real church, not the selfie mindset. Everybody wants to take a selfie. But God is saying, take a picture of the Holy Spirit, of the body of Christ, the real church, the Dixie, where the presence of the Lord is, where the real house of prayer is where the spirit of conviction is operating, not just people talking about they're going to get houses and cars, where people are having real testimony service, real teaching and preaching about God and the word and intimate relationships with God, the very foundation of the Christian walk in life, spiritual growth, it exists. You're no longer bypassing the in-depth spiritual growth of God because you're not trying to mix the worldly standards and appeals in the church because they're about fleshly, carnal addictions or addictive behavior. But the church must return back to God, the big C, that they talk about God and repentance. They talk about Jesus and repentance. They talk about what God has done for us. The strategy that God wants us to move into We can go back to what Apostle Paul taught us. He taught us about fellowship, encouragement, Bible study, worship, teaching, laughing, sharing life, fellowshipping, uh, relationships. But it was all about knowing God, God, gathering together to know God, gathering together to share the Great Commission, gathering together to talk about Jesus, gathering together to bring hope and healing to the lost and the hurt. Let's keep our focus and the focus of the church on Jesus, not on these flashy little titles that we can draw people in. That's the worldly way, full of Jesus Christ, repentance, healing, salvation. Let's stick to God and what he said. For we'd rather obey God than man. We want to be new creatures. We want to be transformed. We want to be born again. Because we want to confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ was virgin born and that he was whipped and he was beaten and he was mocked and he died on the cross. But he rose again and he's sitting on the right hand of our heavenly father right now. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, he's right there making intercession for each and every one of us. That's what the church is to be teaching about Jesus. We're doing a lot of teaching, but where's Jesus? We're doing a lot of preaching, but where's Jesus? We're doing a lot of this and that, and it's all about what we're wearing, the St. John's and the Chanel's and and the uh, uh, biceps and the triceps. Spend so much time 
distracting from the word of God that people don't hear the word of God. You are preaching messages that are hour long and maybe only five minutes of it was about Jesus. The rest was about me, myself, and I or production. We even have the secular world walking around saying, have you been swallowed? Come on now. What they got to do with Jesus? Not have you been crucified with Christ through the symbolic burial of baptism. Come on. Church, wake up. There's God's church with the big C, and there's humankind's church, which is all about me, me, me. What's on the production? If it's not Jesus, then it's not God. Too many people are so busy talking about dating, getting a husband, getting a wife. All of that's good because people need to know that. But if the bottom line isn't about Jesus, if the bottom line isn't about the Bible, I want you to hear this from my heart. Shut up and sit down until you turn from your wicked ways, until you've sought God early, until God has said, this is my son, this is my daughter, and whom I'm well pleased. And he can say it on this side of heaven. He can say it to you in a still, small voice or in a loud shout. But when people see you, are they seeing you? Are they seeing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in you? I pray that this word has brought conviction, not condemnation. I pray that whether you're hearing this word in the archives or on today or on next week or whenever, that it restores you and reconciles you back to God instead of these worldly productions. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? The big church with the big C for Christ? Or the little C that's all about your carnal flesh? The itchy ears? The production? The catchy sermon phrases? What does that have to do with Jesus? When God gave me this message on today, I was up till the wee hours doing it. And I said, God, I'm up so late and so early. I'm going to need you to be my alarm clock. You know, something that small I had to ask him for to wake me up on time. I had my alarm going off and things like that. But I knew that the enemy would try to use it 
like he's done other times with technology and things of that sort. So I God to wake me up on time. And did he wake me up on time? Yes. But was my computer acting up? I couldn't get nothing to open up. I couldn't get anything to act right. I mean, he woke me up on time. So look at that. I was out. I got what I asked for, but I forgot to say, God, can you wake me up on time and make sure that I can get into the computer and that I can get all of this and that. So I'm learning. God's a strategic and detailed God. And next time I need to ask him, God, can you please make my computer not be frozen and all of that because of all of the things that I had to deal with for this morning. It was because this message is about being restored back to God. We've gotten in these places we call churches away from Christ. We've gotten away from the Holy Spirit. We've gotten away from the presence of God. I know people are jumping and shouting and feeling good, but are they leaving transformed and changed? My, my, my. Some of them are being transformed and changed because the person that's preaching to them is preaching to their itchy ears. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. That's all I have. I'm going to turn the program back over to Minister Sylvia. Minister Sylvia, are you available? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. My phone has been acting up, so... I'm so happy to get a chance to be a part of the service on today, and I accept the altar call, and I'm asking God to not only to forgive me, but to save me, and save me on purpose. I thank God for the call that was placed on the body of Christ and on the world. If there's anyone on the line that would like to speak at this time, please do so. The lines are open. Okay. Well, we thank you all for taking the time out to listen in the live service as well as to hear this in the archives. We thank you again for just taking the time out to see what God has put into um, on the heart of the woman of God to share with us on today. We thank God for the bold word, for the sharp word, but a well-needed word. So we thank God for that, to make sure we have ears to hear so we can be sure of what we're listening to that we don't listen, don't just accept the beat, but listen to the word. I thank God for that. I thank God for this Sunday morning service. That's every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, with our very own apostle-elect, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. We thank God for allowing her to minister to us free will and to do it 
just with the love and a passion of giving us God's word. I thank God for our Monday night services, which is from 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tomorrow is our Youth Monday. It's the fifth Monday of the month. Our speaker will be Reverend Lawrence Seabury. He will be our speaker, so please share with your youth, your young people, your teens, preteens, um, young adults, young babies in Christ, youth in Christ. Share with them so that they would know about tomorrow night. Please tune in on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear what God has put in my heart to share with you all for our blessed um, um, Wisdom Wednesdays. I'm sorry about that. Then if you come back and tune in at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear what God has placed on my heart to share with you all because we will be getting the Word of God from different ministers on different Mondays, some on different Fridays. And we thank God for just giving us his his word, his love, and a chance to ask for forgiveness. Our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And with that being said, We want you to know we love you with the love of the Lord, and there's nothing you can do about it. I turn it back over into the hands of Apostle Elect, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. Amen, amen. And I just want to be transparent again. I had to repent because I was listening to a song where they were only sharing the part of the song that it has such a great beat and everything to it and it was talking about how the woman had been through H-E-L-L and God knew about it and that was the only part that they were showing and she was such a dynamic singer and everything but then I realized I was bebopping and enjoying a song that had no gospel foundation And that was about an idol. So let's make sure we know what the songs are about, not just catch on to a certain lyric, because most of the songs was about idols and uh, the girl and things of that sort. But I repented and I said, God, forgive me. For this song had no sacred intention about you. But it was all about the proclivity to be enticed for our own feelings. So I repented. And I'm being transparent with you to let you know that I'm not perfect and neither are any. For there's none perfect but one. So just repent for any and everything that God brings to your attention. Because our focus, including our music, is to be on him. Bye-bye.